Hello and welcome to the Soulful Live It podcast. We're your hosts, Carrie Raquel. And Uni Cardenas, and this is the October 2021 Transits and Tarot episode on the Soulful Live It podcast. If you enjoy this episode, please remember to go give us a five-star rating on iTunes, subscribe, and share it out with your networks. All right, let's jump into the episode. Hello. Hello. How are you, Carrie? <laughs> I am so much better than I was. <laughs> How are you? Uh, I could say that I'm in a not too dissimilar boat. <laughs> well, we do both have a Pisces moon placement. And if you've been listening to the podcast, you probably do know that we just had the full moon in Pisces. Oh, yeah. Splish, splash, splish, splash. Splish, splash. I'm drowning. I'm drowning. <laughs> because that's how it felt for me a little bit. Yeah. It felt like I had been literally dragged into this despair and torment. And it was kind of creepy in a sense because... It made me realize that, yeah, darkness is really comforting, but it's also very consuming and it can consume you. And in that consumption, what do you turn to? You turn to the ocean. And that was like me telling the universe, like, you know what? I'm pretty thirsty. And then the universe was like, oh, yeah, bitch. And it grabbed me by the back of my neck and then dragged me <laughs> to the ocean and shoved my face in the water. and was like, drink, drink and i was like i'm drowning back to the drowning metaphor but it was dramatic it was unnecessarily dramatic and i'm so glad it came it was felt it was processed and uh the moon not being in pisces at this moment feels really good yeah for me it came in waves no pun definitely pun (laughs) it's like literal waves and i think it was even felt during the equinox I was so emotionally distraught, lost in the depths of those waters that I didn't even realize that it was the equinox. Yet somehow I had already spent the entire day in ritual. I literally did witchcraft all day. I danced maybe like nine hours. Wow. And witchcraft for you involves dancing, which I love. Yeah. it's. Uh, I've actually been speaking to somebody about um, just the connection between uh, sexual healing and dance. Ooh, yeah. The physical movement to exercise out the trauma that gets trapped within the body. It's like what is the word for that? The tapping? Mm, yeah. There's, there's an acronym for it or something that I'm forgetting right now. I just know it as tapping, but yes, RM something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know, guys. School us. Send us, a, send us a message or something. Let us know. We're obviously not <laughs> certified in this, but yeah, it was just interesting to really consider that because uh, maybe part of the reason why sometimes we internalize shame around how our body needs to be moving in space is around some of that sexual trauma sometimes well and that has a direct impact on our ability to allow ourselves to take up space in general yeah in a world that's like trying to encourage you to play small you gotta take up space and dancing certainly helps people learn how to take up space yep and it's also like so empowering but that being said (laughs) (laughs) well it sounds like we both gone through a lot and i bet our listeners are feeling very much of the same even if you don't have a pisces moon placement like myself or uni you can still be going through all of the ebb and flow because we are in a big transition we are now beyond the equinox and we are moving towards essentially the season of death yeah the death of seasons is upon us and how do we really take on the qualities of death and be able to bow over to the transformation that's at hand. 
And we're going to answer those questions and more in today's episode. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> but wait, there's more. <laughs> and there always is. It's the Gemini Rising podcast. What can we do? <laughs> I mean, that's just life in general. But wait, there is more. Always. And there is more birthdays in store. That's right. We'd like to wish a very happy birthday and solar return, of course, to our Libras and Scorpios who are born in October. That includes... Tamo and Joseph... Freedom, Jen, Poe, and the person who pushed me out into this world. Shout out to my mom. Thank you for giving me life. Uh, so wait, wait, wait. So my question is, is your mom a Scorpio? She is on the cusp. She's uh-huh. actually technically a Libra, okay. but barely. So barely. Barely. Okay. Because yeah. that would just be too funny. Because <laughs> my mom's a Scorpio rising. Ooh. I like that. My mom's a Virgo rising, just like my sister and my boyfriend. I am surrounded by Virgo energy at all times. And that's why you're probably so organized. Hey. Yeah, it definitely keeps me organized, but also it is. Manic. Yeah, it's a little, it's a little (laughs) mercurial, you know, and I've got a lot of mercury already in me, but that Libra energy for my mom definitely helps to hold it down with the balance. I need it amazing and what is this month if not all about that balance exactly because i'm all about that balance about that balance that's how that song really should go Mm. so before we dive into the tarot of the month and then into the transits and integrate the two i do want to give a special shout out to our friend Haley over at alchemy and archetype on instagram who just launched her intuitive self-love academy isla where she is offering bundles of live interactive virtual tarot classes where you can learn the basics and more. Oh, fun. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm really excited about it because I love Haley, period. But I especially love the way that she approaches tarot. It's very intuitive and it's just wonderful. Speaking of Virgo, she's a Virgo son. She just had her birthday come and go. And I'm also going to include an affiliate link in our show notes to where you can go to register for any of her classes to reignite your own tarot journey for yourself. I will also be teaching a guest workshop covering the moon signs connection to self-love next month in collaboration with Haley. So stay tuned for more information on that. I'll be talking about it in the next podcast episode, as well as posting updates on my Instagram page at soulful of it, where you can also connect with me. And speaking of soul full of it, the Instagram page just reached over a thousand followers. So I will be hosting a giveaway in the month of October to celebrate. And I decided to wait to do it until I was able to record this podcast episode because I wanted our listeners to have a heads up on that. So stay tuned for that this month and make sure that you're following me so that you can contribute in my Instagram stories as I ask for feedback on what the giveaway should include and also get to participate in the giveaway when it is launched in the weeks ahead. Wow, that is massive. That's a really big growth point, considering the fact that this podcast hasn't been around that long, and we've gotten to reach that number and just that audience. That's amazing. Yeah, these milestones are easy to overlook, but important to celebrate. And I wanted to take a moment and celebrate it by giving back to the people who made it possible to reach Mm. that milestone. And speaking of people who've made it possible, Uni, you're certainly one of those people. Where can people connect with you to get a hold of your magic and stay in touch? 
You can get a hold of me on Instagram at uni. That's Y U N I I six six six, and it's only six 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 because I am the beast, and it's the number of the beast. Or at Aquarian underscore Sage, and I'm in the process of a lot of shifting and changing as the season shifts. So do we. And all I gotta say is, stay tuned. There's gonna be some content coming out. What it's gonna look like, we will see wonderful and then our girl katie who was on the last episode of the podcast uh katie you are amazing you i couldn't stop laughing i'm sorry you guys are so funny (laughs) (laughs) i thought the episode was really funny too so thank you for giving a little shout out to my ego for that Mm. (laughs) and uh you can reach out to connect with katie on instagram as well at curious underscore katie cat katie and cat both with a k cat (laughs) (laughs) meow and from there let's go and dive into the tarot of the month of october what did you pull uni and what the fuck does any of this mean oh my god the cards that we pulled for this month i feel have a very powerful connection and firstly when i pulled what is here right now current situation it's the seven of cups and when you look at this card it has this dark shadowy figure in the forefront and then you have the seven cups and they are all lined up with different things inside of them and historically when people talk about these cards this is a lot about decisions like which is the right decision to make which cup is the right cup to take and i really love the angle that you came up talking about this card in relationship to being all of the different cups that we are trying to fill and tend to within our day in order for us to feel like we're worthy of what it is that we're trying to receive to feel like we are coming back into ourselves and sometimes i don't know like that that whole imagery makes me think of just like a drunkard fucking grabbing all of the different cups and just chugging them down Yeah, or one of the many houseless people here in Portland who are pushing these carts that are full of like literally everything you can imagine. And it's like it just can't possibly be helpful to be pushing around that much weight all of the time and having all those options available. Like you got to get steady. You got to make a choice. You got to make a choice. But also like what if you're not even supposed to make a choice and Mm. it's just for you to like entertain that in your mind and i think this really does bring us back to this contemplative piece which uh, i feel like it's a very rudimentary thing for the mind to be within this state that's like very much the middle ground between meditation and concentration is this playful action to just be able to consider what is perhaps possible And maybe that doesn't mean that we have to act on it now or it's offering us some insight on what we need to leave behind. And for people who maybe aren't familiar with the Smith Rider Waite card for Seven of Cups, how would you describe it? I would describe it like this guy is looking at this cloud of options and each of the cups is holding a different thing and it's almost like shoots and ladders or snakes and ladders because there's literally some cups have snakes in them or like a ghost or and that could be you uh reaching out for a relationship that's like clearly gonna ghost you (laughs) or like there's ice in one of them and maybe that's just the the frigid waters that you would be tapping into 
And one of them's got a garland in it. And what if that is you making sure that you are celebrating these milestones along the way? Not every cup is going to be there offering you something that's going to like benefit you. But at the end of the day, no matter what cup you take, you were meant to embark on that journey. And I think the more that you can be present with that, it helps you move along through this next process that is going to be the eight of cups, which follows. But that's for another day. Mm, I love that. And this card has come up a handful of times for me in so many different contexts. And I do think that it's like 50% you do need to make a choice and 50% you need to realize that every opportunity that's being handed to you is a fucking distraction. And you need to learn how to say no to all of those options so that you can actually say yes to yourself and fill your own motherfucking cup for yourself. Mm, I love that too, because in the tarot of the Holy Spectrum, the imagery of it, it's a little bit more different. It has this character and it literally has like their head is just like covered in noise and the noise is all of those cups. And if you want to really look at the sevens in general, there are seven colors in the spectrum of light. There are seven notes in music. There are seven chakras. There's really seven rays that make up the seven different pieces of a person and all of those are receiving information daily, every minute, every hour of every day. And it's also being held by your body. And that does create distraction. It does create noise. So how do we center ourselves within that so that we are choosing our own cup? I mean, Miley Cyrus even has a song titled Seven Things. Mm. All right. This means something. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and seven's also uh, the amount of years it takes for our body to regenerate all of uh, its tissues. So, Ooh, and isn't it said that up until age seven, like those years are super pivotal years for impact on our psyche as we grow older into adults? Like that first seven years is so important. Yeah, and I think it also like the seven years that follow is like does stuff for our uh, emotional like wounding is in those spaces and then the seven years that follow that everything is in sevens Ooh, mm, love that so what is the next card that you pulled uh the next card that was what was like consciously there was the three of pentacles and the three of pentacles in the rider weight deck it has this scene of two people coming up to an architect and they are asking for his help in creating this structure, which we could only assume is dark that we are staring at. That is like the main piece of this card. And it really has to do with how it is that we ask for help. How do we tend to ourselves? How do we tend to those things that we are building Threes are always about like a coming together of energies. Like we're moving towards this space of synergy into stability. Mm. Three of Pentacles for me, it's a teamwork card. When it comes up, it's a reminder that even if you're completely alone and you actually are in a situation where you can't ask for help, actually you still can because there are such things as spirit guides. There is your higher self. There is your just connection to self in general. You don't even need to believe in spirit guides. You don't even need to believe in God to find a connection to something else. That's just your inner 
light within. And so are you tapping into those other resources to keep you resourced as you're moving forward on your project or towards your passion, whatever it is that you are working towards, are you trying to go at it alone? So when I pull this card, it's like tap into your teamwork network. Mm, I love that too, because it also makes me think of like the three lower chakras, which uh, are very much about survival, about creativity, about being comfortable within your own skin. And part of that requires you to be in full support of yourself in the holy spectrum deck we have a very similar scene you have two workers at a bench and one of them is modeling how to create this like pentacle which is almost like how do you then show the world how to be in alignment with yourself how to move in the world like a leader knowing that even when you have nothing you still have yourself and as long as you have yourself your health that is your wealth and you can create whatever you need from that knowing that is your seed that is your connection that is like your root system to something ancient primal and beautiful ooh yes and it shows that there is always somebody i mean almost always i guess it depends on what you're doing but there's always somebody who's done it before and the fact that they've done it shows that it can be done it is the image on the box for the puzzle that you bought that is sitting out as you are working on the puzzle. It is there to guide you. So even in that moment, if you're alone and you're working on the puzzle and you don't know where the pieces go, you can look to that box to remind you. Mm, you always have the ability to ask for help. Always. And what is the next card? Our next card is the two of cups, which we pulled for where to direct our attention. And it looks like two individuals, one that is more feminine in nature with like a blue robe situation going over a white dress of sorts and a very nice little, I don't know, it's not a flower crown. It's like an herb crown. A garland. Okay. My <laughs> vocabulary needs help. It is a garland <laughs> crown. And that person is facing with another person who is, again, more masculine in nature, but who knows? And that person has honestly also kind of a dress on. And <laughs> so I maybe I take that back. And I would say that that's actually a flower crown. So I'm taking all of this back. I really don't know who's who, but they both have a cup in their hands. And in between them is this Kundalini symbol that's known as. That is a caduceus. A caduceus. And above that is what I would describe as a <laughs> a red winged angel lion <laughs> that is coming out of that. Um, and then the one thing that I noticed about this card beyond the beautiful scenic background that we hadn't noticed before either one of us until we recorded today. And so we really want our listeners to think about this, too. When you pull out this card, if you have a Smith Rider weight deck and look at it for yourself and you have any ideas on this, send it to us because we're curious. The more, I guess, what I assume is more masculine, but again, I might take that back. Looking individual with the shorter dress has their right hand reaching out towards the other individual who I said I felt was more feminine, but again, who knows? And that person has both of their hands steadily on their cup. And so what we had talked about before we jumped on the podcast was that right hand, because the right side of the body, right, is more masculine. Yeah. It's more active yang energy. 
shows the action of like the receptivity that's going on inside of the two of cups card. Mm. So if you want to take it away from there, I'm curious to hear what else you're seeing and feeling with this card for the month of October. Yeah, no, I'm actually getting a little bit of goosebumps as I'm even just holding it because she's wearing blue and white. So blue is connected to intuition and white is connected to purity. And that winged lion that you are talking about is actually the purification of our desires. And when I'm looking at him reaching out towards that cup, it's almost like him making that move and you're seeing that energy moving from that like root chakra up to the crown and it's almost like as he's reaching out for her she's just being the receptive body almost like he's impregnating the field with the potential when i look at this card the caduceus being that middle ground between them it's almost like a pane of glass and it's reminding us of the polarity within ourselves and as we will see today during this podcast, there's going to be a lot of this reflection going on. And I think it's really valuable stuff to be looking at during Libra season, especially because it's literally the card of your relationship to self and other. And whenever you have a duality, there's actually a trinity because now there's a relationship between the two. And that's what that passion is. That is like the third entity, which is really what's driving the relationship. And it's a deep, powerful invitation to purify your desires and really look at yourself through the lens of love. Mm, potent magic for the month of October. Mm, love it. So what is our next card? Our next card, the moon. And I don't think there could have been a better card to pull for October because you think October and you you think Halloween, you mm. think like big full moon, pumpkins, Ow. lanterns, just it has this whole ass vibe to it. But really when you're looking at the moon and dealing with the Smith Rider Waite version of it, you have this this pond in the foreground and this lobster just like coming out of the water and it's taking on this journey to embark upon this winding path between two seemingly wild dogs it's like a dog and a wolf so you think about it as being this tug of war that your mind is having with itself like it's primal pieces and it's logical pieces and you're needing to move through the mud through the ickiness through the unknown parts in order to get to your next destination and you only have the moon illuminating your way but what is the moon if not a reflection of the sun at night and it's a deep invitation for you to look at what are these hidden parts of yourself that you haven't yet brought to the surface that are really begging to be illuminated and brought forth because that is how you find your own midnight sun that is how you bring forth what is within because what is within is what's going to save you. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. I love all of that. And I was looking at the symbolism of a lobster because I was just curious about that. And something that I read about lobsters is that if they lose a limb, they can regenerate it. Mm. And so the lobster being a very like regenerative symbol of what you can overcome or recreate even in the void. And I think that the moon and the energy of the moon card is very much about trust when you're moving through the void. And the last year plus has been so much uncertainty 
And the more uncertainty there is, the easier it is to feed fear, right? And that's that like wolf mm. and the dog, like the wolf looks like it's scared. And that's probably because you on your journey, at least part of you is scared because you don't know what's coming, but this is a journey of self-discovery and you're going to have to do some of that. Yes. In the daytime. And the other part of that is going to have to take place at night. Mm. You can't just have the daylight all the time. It's not fucking Alaska in the summer. Okay. <laughs> Unless you're in Alaska and it's the summertime and you're listening to this, in which case shout out to you. Well, and I, and I just wanted to point out to um, kind of the similarity that the moon card almost uh, with these two pillars that it has, it, it's reminding me of the high priestess and if you look at that two of cups she looks like the high priestess robes that she's wearing Ooh, yeah so again it's bringing back this connection that's tying in all of these pieces where you have like the high priestess being the purification of those mental spaces trusting our intuition and the moon being that nighttime energy trusting ourselves in that unknown space and how can you love yourself through that unknowing if you want to look at the seven of cups with that two of cups it's like how do you love yourself through the confusion of not knowing where to go and that is going to be our segue to the next card which is the world our soulful guidance and to me, when I look at this card, it looks like a feminine figure. We will just say a, a godly figure that is standing before this portal. And the portal, to me, looks like a mirror. And it's a deep invitation to look within the mirror of yourself. And what do you see reflected back at you? A mirror is only reflecting back at you yourself. It's like the moon. The moon is reflecting back the light of the sun which is the light of the sun within so when you are standing before the mirror are you in right relationship with yourself are you in right relationship with the world the more that you can get in right relationship with the world with all of its different aspects and features the more that you will be supported on your way through it because now you're reaching this point of mastery every painful ending is a new beginning in disguise and i think this is the important piece to remember when working within this card the painful endings being beginnings in disguise is the easiest thing to overlook as well because when you're in the spiral of its ending it feels like everything is ending and especially if you're an emotional person like myself then it feels really bad like an ending and it can be so hard in the midst of the ending to remember that the beginning hasn't even begun yet. Give yourself time to begin again. And I love seeing the world card because it is that reminder that like, yeah, shit's ending. Yes, the leaves are falling. Let them fall. Let things end mm. so that new things can begin again. And it's almost like clearing the path for it to make itself manifest. In the Tarot of the Holy Spectrum, the world card actually has this infinity symbol and has this girl walking towards it and like not just walking towards it, but walking towards the center of it. And in the lower corners, you see the scales for Libra and then you see a lion for Leo. And it's reminding us, how could we come back to the heart 
and find the balance within that to be in the fullness of those emotions that come with those painful endings and those new beginnings knowing that ultimately it's taking us to new peaks and valleys that we are meant to rediscover for ourselves and it takes a lot of courage and it takes patience for us to be able to find our center while we're moving through the world and it takes vulnerability that's why this chick is naked oh yeah on this because in order to accept the ending even if the ending is good even if you know like oh i'm so glad i'm leaving this job you know or oh i'm so ready to move and like this this place is falling the fuck apart <laughs> i'm ready to go like even when the ending feels really good to have trust that the beginning is coming is a very vulnerable place to be in yeah no doubt you're fully exposed and even though you're excited to leave, there's parts of you that were comfortable in that space and it had to become uncomfortable in order for you to be able to shed your skin, which again brings us back to that little lobster being able to regenerate. And also, I think lobsters are one of the animals that they're studying in order to see the longevity of human life because I guess they don't age or they can live forever. What? Yeah. Oh my God. I don't quote me, but I, I recall reading something of the sort. Well, that was a lot of downloads that we've provided at the very <laughs> top of this episode. So this one is going to be soul filling <laughs> for sure. Loaded with extras. <laughs> yeah. So from all of that amazing magic, thank you so much, Uni, for sharing about the cards, for pulling the cards, for guiding us through them and for integrating them, which we haven't even started to do yet. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> so the very first transit for the month of October is on Wednesday the 6th. We're going to have the Leo New Moon at 4.05 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, as well as Pluto Stationing Direct. This is a lot to unpack. So let's start with Pluto Direct. Pluto is the furthest known planet from us here on Earth. And so the impact of Pluto's transits, including its annual retrograde, are often felt in a much more subtle way. That said, the day of the station from retrograde to direct is known to be a more pivotal day because it's more likely that we will be able to tap into and actually feel Pluto's power. Pluto, like the other outer planets, is retrograde for about half of the year every year, and it has been in Capricorn since 2008. And it will stay in Capricorn until March 23rd of 2023. This means that we are nearing the end of Pluto's retrogrades in Capricorn. As in, we're only going to get two more retrograde opportunities to experience this energy expressed in Capricorn before it's going to move into Aquarius. And so how do we integrate this? If you have strong cardinal placements, aka you have planets located in cardinal signs, Capricorn, Cancer, Libra, or Aries, then you've been experiencing square aspects between Pluto and those cardinal planets. And that has pushed you to grow beyond fear and reconcile any conflicts of interest that have arisen along the way. These are growing pains. And likely if you have many planets in these cardinal placements, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you have strong earth sign placements in Capricorn, Taurus, Virgo, then you've been experiencing a boost of ease via trine aspects that have made transformation from Pluto more readily accessible. But just because something has been offered to us doesn't mean that we have taken it. 
The soul level growth for earth sign folks may have been accessible over the last decade plus, but it's irrelevant if you haven't reached out your hand to receive what has been offered to you. And I could go on and on and break it down by sign, but that would eat up this entire episode. So to wrap up my hot take on Pluto stationing direct in Capricorn, I'll say this. Consider how your internal world has changed in order to reflect your external transformations since April 27th when Pluto first stationed retrograde. The world has been changing at a rapid rate since the pandemic began. Many astrologers, including myself, have referred to this virus as a catalyst for change. Pluto is the planet of power and the conveyor belt of transformation. It's awakening from its annual retrograde slumber and Capricorn is our opportunity to reconnect with our inner authority. This is Capricorn energy. And through that connection, we are better equipped to externalize direct energy, direct movement, that authority. So self-advocacy is a form of externalized self-love. So the question I'll leave you with in regards to Pluto being direct now is what boss move or moves do you need to make in order to exert your power and magic in a harm-free way? And when I say a harm-free way, I mean harm-free to others and equally, if not even more important, harm-free towards yourself. Wow. That's so spot on. I mean, even just uh, thinking about how that that retrograde and even when it was direct last year, the connections. And uh, I love that you bring that up because to me, that personally speaks on the two of cups and the world because now you're presenting yourself in the world in this way that is really reflective of the internal changes that you've had to make by trudging through that murky muddy waters of the moon the two of cups can also be connected to relationships and romance i have my venus and aries and this entire retrograde has been really putting a lot of pressure on how it is that like my values align how it is that i am in a relationship and this is speaking directly onto that like how am i purifying my desires how am i not harming myself and others in the process of me exploring those aspects of myself and what a beautiful time for it to now go direct because it's now gonna be implemented and i think i'm feeling this already on a very like physical level i think that you do connect with pluto a lot because of your connection to the death and life and rebirth cycle Mm. which is what pluto's all about and a lot of the soul work that you do and the spiritual work that you do on this planet is integrative of life and death. And so I think anybody who is in a similar place to you is more likely to feel transits of Pluto more in general, but especially as Pluto goes direct, because we go from internalizing the transformation, which could be beautiful and wonderful and like doing the work in a positive way. It could also be really toxic and bad and criticizing the fuck out of yourself And why haven't I changed quick enough? And this isn't enough. And it just becomes all of that not enoughness shit. That's just, it's like, it's fucking contagious, dude. It's everywhere. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But regardless of how you experienced Pluto's retrograde, it's direct movement is an opportunity to have a different experience. And you can choose that for yourself. 
seven of cups energy for sure. And it's on a new moon. That's right. And so speaking of alongside Pluto stationing direct on October 6th, we do have the Libra new moon. Cardinal air sign Libra is the mediator and harmony seeker of the Zodiac. And the new moon in Libra is our annual opportunity to sign a new soul contract with ourselves in regards to protecting and prioritizing our peace as well as our balance. Mm. This new moon is conjunct Mars and Mercury, but mostly Mars, infusing it with the emotions that we have or have not acted on. Our collective willpower is a reflection of our ability and willingness to advocate for what emotionally fulfills us. We may not be ready to share how we feel yet as Mercury remains retrograde at this point of the month, but this new moon presents us with the chance to set intentions around what we have learned so far during Mercury's retrograde in Libra and what actions we are beginning to feel pulled towards taking in order to live in alignment with the messages we are readying ourselves to share. The new moon is also in an opposition to Chiron and Aries, opening us up to embrace our vulnerabilities. As we've been healing ourselves, we've started to notice our relationships with others have begun healing as well. Repeat podcast guest and fellow astrologer Nura Rochelle said on an episode many moons ago, once you get right with yourself, you become right with others almost effortlessly. The new moon's teeter-totter with Chiron may not feel comfortable, but it's a necessary part of the puzzle in all of our healing journeys to accept that healing often happens in the darkness. And the new moon provides a perfect setting for just that. Lastly, I want to mention that we have the new moon in an inconjunct aspect with Uranus. Inconjunct aspects aren't talked about a lot because they're not major aspects. It's a 150 degree angle. And we all have feelings about these rapid changes that are happening around us and how little control that we have about it. The new moon in Libra is sitting in a cardinal air sign, whereas changemaker Uranus is sitting in a fixed earth sign, Taurus. They have nothing in common. That's what an inconjunct is. And it's the struggle of the inconjunct aspect that they can't find that common ground. But they are tied together. This is like starting a job and realizing that everyone on the team is extremely different in their skill set and their personality. Yet the team works really well together because when all those diverse skill sets and personalities are brought together, they see every angle of every dilemma. You can cover a lot more ground when you have someone holding the fort at the home base, another out scavenging for resources, someone else flying high above looking for new avenues to explore, and someone to guide and lead and motivate the team to keep working together and moving forward. The integration of the Libra New Moons in conjunction with Uranus is accepting the change is never-ending. And in order to move forward, we have to try new things. We have to pave new cardinal pathways to get to places we've never before seen. In the new moon arena, wherever you have Libra in your chart, this in conjunction is your personal opportunity to set an intention to grow a new way that is balanced and harmonious, no matter how uncomfortable it may feel to try and do just that. Wow, that was so good. 
so good <laughs> so good and i can't help but think of that three of pentacles within all of that because not only is that that teamwork piece but then you also have the moon and it's a new moon that we're talking about and that darkness is also really safe it's almost like keeping you from being seen so that you can take it off so you can molt so that you can have time to shed your old skin and then have like that protection of the new moon to guide you moving forward as now you're showing up in the world with your new shiny black coat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like getting scorpionic vibes off of that, like for sure. Mm, I love that. And thank you for illuminating how important the moon is. I feel like in every transit that we talk about, that card's going to keep coming up. It feels like one of the most important cards of the month. Definitely. And that regenerative piece that you mentioned, like I can't get enough of that because like you're regenerating through your changes. And part of that is like lovingly dying into yourself. Ooh. Because it's almost like you have to be forged into this new version of yourself. And part of that's like, how do you not beat yourself up in that folding over? When you were talking earlier, I was looking at this three of pentacles and it made me think, how do you take criticism from, mm. the, from the team when they're trying to reflect something back at you that maybe you're not seeing? Ooh, yeah. And when you do receive the criticism from the team, how do you go about activating change so that you're not making the same mistakes or whatever it is that they may be pointing out to you without internalizing the criticism so that you're feeding the bully that lives inside of you. And I've talked about this before, I think, on the podcast, that I think that there is a bully and a cheerleader that lives inside of all of us. Mm. And the person who wins, the, the one that you hear the most, is the one that you feed the most because they become the stronger one, right? So if you're always feeding the bully, it's going to get a lot stronger than the cheerleader. Suddenly this motherfucker's a quarterback, okay? <laughs> like, cut them out. Time for you to fast, bully. We don't need to feed you. That internalized criticism is unnecessary and it kills teamwork and it prevents you from receiving criticism in the future that will help you grow. Mm, it's also guilt driven change, which doesn't Ooh, what it yeah. doesn't fulfill you. And like that also makes me think of what Nura said about getting in right relationship to the world. We're constantly surrounded by all these angels and like demons, if you want to call them that. But they're just frequencies that are available to us to tap into. Where are you turning your dial? Ooh, yeah. What kind of compass is in your pocket? Because mm -hmm. that is the feeding is uh, you staying on that station. Mm. Yep, turn the dial. And as we turn the dial, we move into Thursday, the 7th, Venus moving out of Scorpio and entering Sagittarius. Venus in Sagittarius is a transit of seeking pleasure through adventure, deep philosophical conversations, and anything that fosters a feeling of freedom and independence. The memories of every experience create irreplaceable and priceless souvenirs of a lifetime. Those who have Venus in Sagittarius know this very well. Venus in Sagittarius is both a hike out into the wild and it's a cozy morning reading a book. This transit wants us to ask the bigger than life questions in conversation, 
laugh at mistakes we've made and the lessons we've learned along the way and embrace our inner soul knowing as the ultimate guide through life. As a sun sign Sagittarius myself, I have to admit that I don't really see a lot of shadows to this transit, but if I were to highlight one, it would be the over-independence that Sagittarius sometimes has. The I can do it on my own energy that squashes collaboration. And I think the best remedy for this is first to acknowledge the root of it, fierce and fiery independence. And then to balance that, it is Libra season after all, with the truth, which Sagittarius also really respects, that sure, you can do it all on your own, but wouldn't it be more fun if you involved another or a few? I think this is where the Three of Pentacles energy comes in to remind us that collaboration is collective magic in action. And just because you can do it on your own doesn't mean that you should. And even if you can think of any other reason why you still shouldn't involve anybody else, oh, I don't want to bother them or they're not going to be that helpful anyways. Like it comes back to the, the truth, which is wouldn't it be more fun? If you involve some other people, wouldn't it be more interesting? And Venus and Sagittarius wants it to be interesting. Don't we all want it to be interesting? (laughs) And uh, isn't that also being in right relationship to the world? You have to be in relationship to it, not just to yourself. And I feel like the, the more the spiral goes in, it also goes out. Ooh, yes. And that's the two of cups. Is that kundalini spiral? I already forgot what it's called. What's it called? Caduceus. <laughs> C- Caduceus? Uh, the Caduceus is when it's got that little center staff Caduceus. and it goes around it. Ooh. Like the medical sign symbol. Oh, that's why it looks so familiar. <laughs> okay. You can tell that's I the, don't do the medical field. It's the soul medicine. <laughs> oh my God. It's the Ooh. soul medicine. The bringing together. Okay. Soul medicine. Okay. So for Venus and Sagittarius, tap into your soul medicine. And maybe for you, it's not going on an outdoor adventure. Maybe it's going on an indoor adventure. Build a fucking fort. Yeah. How often do we get to do that nowadays? Not often enough. Right. (laughs) After that, we have on Sunday the 10th, Saturn is going to station direct in Aquarius. And this is our taskmaster. Or as I like to say in regards to Saturn, the personal trainer you didn't hire, but who consistently shows up expecting you to drop and give them five whenever they demand it. Saturn stationing direct in Aquarius is annual as Saturn goes retrograde for about half of the year every year, just like Pluto does. And the retrograde was a period of internal work that must be completed in order for the external world to mirror your maturity accurately. If you've taken the month since May 23rd, when Saturn stationed retrograde, To develop more Saturnian magic in your life, like showing up when you'd rather sleep in or completing the assignment with integrity and turning it in on time rather than reading the cliff notes and turning it in last minute or late or not at all, then likely you're in pretty good shape for Saturn's forward momentum. If you've taken the last several months to dodge responsibilities and avoid the inner work that your soul prescribed to you, then likely this station direct for Saturn won't feel as comfortable. Regardless of whether you did or didn't do the internal work, Saturn Station Direct asks us to begin integrating the lessons learned into the physical world. Set the boundary. Innovate around the roadblock. 
respond to the challenges and changes that await with mature and patient energy. The five push-ups Saturn demands of you now are necessary as you'll need that strength well-built when life's challenges and changes take turns down roads that you've never been before. Remember that every good workout ends with endorphins. We may not know which way we are going, the moon, and we may not be sure of what choices we should be making, seven of cups, Mm -hmm. but in order to truly love ourselves, two of cups, we have to put in the work, Saturn, to continually invest in our ongoing soul's evolution, Pluto direct. Mm. It is all connected. Yeah, and that's also the world because the world is that mastery piece. It's the adept in Egyptian tarot. So it's like, now you know. So act like it. And Saturn is direct in what? Aquarius and what is on the world card, but... Aquarius. Along with? All the other fixed signs. That's right. And folks who have fixed sign placements, similar to what I was saying about Pluto and Capricorn, if you've got strong fixed sign placements then Saturn has been making a square aspect to those planets in those fixed signs. I'm talking about Leo and Aquarius and Taurus and Scorpio. Oh, I felt it. I mean, I do have a glyph of Saturn on my finger for a reason. (laughs) (laughs) To remind you. (laughs) Because I want to give it the finger. (laughs) Yeah, right? Yeah, same, same, same. And yet, when you get through those hard or harsh, or just seemingly difficult challenges that can come with Saturnian energy, the reward is so just incomparable to anything else. You can't buy that. Yeah, it lets you see past your own horizons. Love the way you just put that. So after we have Pluto and Saturn stationing direct, on Sunday the 17th, Jupiter is also going to station direct in Aquarius. And Jupiter deals with blessings and beliefs. It is our great gas giant in the sky with more moons than I have freckles on my body. <laughs> I mean, that might not be true. I've got a lot of freckles. <laughs> oh, God. But on Sunday the 17th, Jupiter will conclude its annual retrograde and join both Pluto and Saturn in that direct forward momentum. Jupiter began its retrograde back in June, actually on the day of the summer solstice, when it was still in Pisces. And since then, its retrograde journey has brought it back to do one last tour through Taurus ahead of its inevitable re-entry into Pisces in late December. So what does this mean? It means that all the beliefs we've gained or shed over the summer season, as well as the gifts of knowledge and expansion we've experienced through hardship, as well as ease, are ready to be put into action. We learned the lessons we learned for a reason, and now we get to find out what that reason is. We won't see Jupiter and Aquarius again for 12 more years. So between now and year's end is our last taste of this type of expansion. And it collides with Saturn, who is also now direct in Aquarius. This is the balance between expansion and contraction. And as the philosopher Rihanna, yes, I'm calling her a philosopher, (laughs) once said, This is what we came for. So open your arms and your heart and allow your internal expansion to help guide you through this wild and external world that we all share. Your gifts are meant to be shared. So share them. How do you see Jupiter's direct movement interacting with the tarot this month? How do I not see it? That's totally, (laughs) that's the three of pentacles. It's also the two of cups. It's also 
that axis between the moon and the world because you're in the unknown and in the mastery of those lessons and then like lovingly dying into yourself so that you could come out into the world and like be sharing that. It's also the seven of cups in the way that you have been like tending to all of those moving pieces in order to make that happen so that you can have that one delicious satiating cup, which is that culmination of all that expansion, which is what you're going to be wearing as like your medal of honor for having stuck to it and done your work. Mm, Yes. The sticking to it and doing the work. It is not easy. None of this is easy. Nope. I mean, I had goosebumps as you were talking, just thinking about all of the lessons that I was there for, all the lessons that I ran away from, all <laughs> <laughs> and just uh, the both end of, of that aspect. And at the end of the day, we pick our journey, we pick our adventure, and there is no real wrong way to go about it because it brings us back to the same crossroads. It's just how do we check in with ourselves to make the choice that's aligned with that two of cups, that self-love. How do we use the self-love, the self-liking to propel us forward? Because you got to like yourself before you love yourself. That's right. You got to start somewhere. And if you're not there yet with the self-love, just try to like yourself. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. And maybe that's that purification of the desire right there with that lion medicine caduces <laughs> caduces caduces goddess confuses caduce caduce i love it so after we've got all these planets stationing direct another one is going to join and that is mercury stationing direct in libra on monday october 18th and the question of interest here is Where do you have 10 to 25 degrees of Libra in your chart? This is the arena that has been activated by the final Mercury retrograde of 2021. This is also the area which is still being reconsidered as we will be in the post retrograde shadow period until November 22nd. Mercury direct means that things are going to speed up. It's time to relay the messages you received within to those you share spaces without in the physical world. If you don't say it, how can you expect another person to know? Our amazing friend and co-host Katie often reminds me, and probably you too, Uni, that no one is a mind reader. And Mercury Direct wants to remind us all of this as well. If you've sat with it long enough, then it is time to speak it. Mm. This can mean confrontation at times, which Libra is quite skilled at avoiding. (laughs) But any confrontation can be turned into a conversation with the right intention behind it and the right tone to deliver it. Holding the truth of it's not me versus you, it's you and me versus the problem is one of the best ways to approach pivotal communications that can and will influence the trajectory of your relationships. With Mercury's retrograde through Libra, we've gotten a second and now in the post-shadow period, a third opportunity to reconsider what we need to share. What is the one thing you could say to another that would transform your relationship with them in the most positive way? On the other side of that coin, it is still Libra season. What is the one thing you could say to yourself that would transform your relationship with yourself in the most positive way? 
put on John Mayer's say what you need to say and then take his advice and fucking do it. Uni, <laughs> how do you feel about Mercury now being direct and how it relates to the tarot? It's the two of cups. It's the two of cups. I mean, Mercury as like the god Hermes, he has a caduceus in hand and that is his also like top down view. He's seeing the bigger picture. And part of that is also those words. And that makes me think of the words I tell myself, dragging within, dragging without, especially without, because at the end of the day, when you're left with nothing, how do you show up for yourself knowing that the part within is fed by how it is that you are moving without? And sometimes when we feel this lack or unworthiness, it's easy for us to come at ourselves in a way that really breaks us down. And as you had mentioned, Libra being the sign of relationship, it's like, what can you say to yourself to build yourself up in the fortifying way that you need so that then when you're out there making your connections or having these conversations that are needed to have, you're not victimizing yourself and you're creating this beautiful space for conversation to take place. And that is really tapping into all of your resources, which is expansive as fuck. And it's really gaining mastery of yourself in the world. Mm, I love expansive as fuck because often we're thinking about how we care for and love ourselves which when we love ourselves, we don't have much issue speaking out, speaking up, saying what we need, saying what we want with this forward momentum of Mercury. But when we have that internal conflict, that self-advocacy feels really, really hard to reach for mm -hmm. because you're just not motivated for it. You're just like, oh, well, it doesn't matter because I don't matter. Yeah, and, and you can't see that. But people can certainly pick up on the tonality of how confident you are in what you're saying and speaking. And I think we do to ourselves do on a very cellular level. And the more that you can go back to that analogy that I said about picking your own adventure and realize that, yeah, you're here because this is where you need to be. You pick this. So don't be harsh on yourself because it's part of your exploration. You're still a little toddler putting things in its <laughs> mouth. You're going to trip. You're going to fall. And like, that's OK. That's all right. We're just toddlers trapped in adult bodies. <laughs> Basically. And so there's a lot of the judgment and the projection of like, well, you should know better. And you know how you're this age and you don't blow. Shut up, bitch. I'm a toddler. OK, I'm just trapped <laughs> in here. OK, I know I look older, but I am like five seconds away from putting that object into my mouth right now. We're also Gemini. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so okay. We're very playful. Yeah. So be, let yourself play a little. That's right. Play is an important part of the process of sex. <laughs> I, was like going, I was trying to say self-actualization and I almost said sexualization. So you know what? I'm going to leave that in. Sexualization. We're going to make this sexy. Okay. Venus might be in Sagittarius now, but my natal Venus is still in Scorpio. Oh, <laughs> it's in Scorpio. Oh, yeah. Oh, that explains so much. Does it? Mm hmm. Yeah, I love hard, I love fast, I love deep, and don't ever cross me. Yeah, I'm the don't ever cross <laughs> me. <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's so good. Uh, it. We're almost to Scorpio season. We're not there yet. We're going to talk about that in a second. First, on Wednesday the 20th, we have the full moon in 
Aries. Cardinal fire sign Aries has the willpower of a warrior, not a warrior. Get it? The first sign of the Zodiac, Aries isn't afraid to get its hands dirty in pursuit of passion or in response to competition. The full moon in Aries gives us the cosmic container to release the things that don't set our souls on fire. The sun in Libra, opposite the full moon in Aries, reminds us that compromise is part of the human experience. But the Aries full moon counters that air sign wisdom with the reminder that we can't please everyone. So we may as well at least aim to please ourselves. Mm-hmm. This full moon forms a T-square because we have the sun and the moon opposite. That's a full moon. T-square to Pluto in Capricorn. More cardinal energy here. This is emphasizing the tension that arises when we choose ourselves and let go of the people, places, or things that have stood in the way of us doing just that in the past. This could manifest as you cutting ties with someone and them countering that ending by telling you all the things they did to benefit you and all the reasons that you should keep them around. I know, right? (laughs) So don't be fooled by another's ability to talk you out of the choice you've made. Trust your power, Pluto, and remember that the release you've been called to make on the Aries full moon isn't being made with the filter of people pleasing applied. When you please yourself, you will be better equipped to please others along the way. This is Aries wisdom and the Aries full moon offers this wisdom to us all. We also have the full moon opposing Mars in Libra, which means that Mars is conjunct the sun. Again, this is emphasizing the tug of war that can occur when we prioritize our own desires and passions. If you are holding on to a strong feeling in regards to an action someone else has taken or not taken, this full moon is a potent time for letting that go. This includes judgment. I can't sit here and say the Aries full moon is about choosing yourself and not also remind us all that when we choose ourselves, we also need to create space for others to do the same. Even if from our point of view, the way in which they may be going about choosing themselves is not effective or healthy or whatever. It might even be backfiring right before our eyes. Sometimes the only way to learn a lesson is to suffer through it. So let others learn their lessons the hard way if that's what they choose to do. Mm -hmm. The last aspect I want to touch on is Mercury opposing Chiron and Aries during the full moon. This aspect added into the mix highlights how deeply words can cut. And with the full moon and Aries, we may be more direct in relaying how we feel to others. Mercury's opposition to Chiron wants us to lean into the self-advocacy that we've been talking about this whole episode, but doing so with more gentle hands. Remembering that when we hurt others with our words, we tend to also hurt ourselves. This makes me think of my mom's recent visit where I witnessed myself being short-tempered and direct and harsh with her. If I focus on what I want, In this example, it was really silly and simple things like for my mom to just decide what she wants to order at a restaurant, then I can go from there and decide how best to communicate with the other to obtain what I want. Having a short fuse and a rude tone saying, just decide. (laughs) It's not effective communication. It's not going to lead me to achieving the goal that I have in mind. In fact, it's just going to hurt the other person because I'm saying it so directly and harshly. And then in turn, it's going to hurt me because I reflected on that and shout out to my mom. But I apologized to her because I felt really bad about it. And I should have. 
I needed that reflection. And the reason I share this example is because like, number one, my mom's probably listening. Hi, mom. I love you. Number two, I think we all come up against this in our relationships, be it with a parent, a partner, a friend, a coworker, a complete stranger. And three, maybe someone listening needs to be reminded to play nice. Just like I had to remind myself when my mom came to visit and Lieutenant Lamb came Uh, out, I know, (laughs) uninvited. (laughs) So remembering what we want is powerful because when we keep that desire in mind, we can better guide the way we go about getting it. Sure, I just wanted my mom to make up her mind. But also, she is a sun sign Libra. She actually does need time to decide. Mm -hmm. If I'm getting hangry while I'm waiting for her to make her choice... Maybe the alternate route for me that creates a loving environment for everybody is to order a fucking appetizer. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. <laughs> right? It's like, and then I can appease myself. That's what this full moon in Aries is about. It's about prioritizing yourself and the pleasure for yourself while also holding space for like other people also exist here. Mm. So don't have this tunnel vision that it's me, 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 but also don't have this tunnel vision of it's you, 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 you. It has to be you and me. And we have to start with the self in order to really truly understand that. Yeah, I, I love that. That is total three of pentacles and that seven of cups. Now be mindful how you're playing with others and the threes because you could be complicating the situation mentally for them or yourself. Exactly. And that self-reflection is really going to be the key to helping you work through that. When things like that come up for you, it might not look anywhere near the same as it did for me. It might not involve your mom. It might involve somebody totally different or unexpected. But every interaction that we have, every exchange that we have is an opportunity to reflect on ourselves. And I think that is also very two of cups energy as well Mm -hmm. as the moon, because we're getting that secondary light source right Mm -hmm. from the sun. The moon shines because the sun shines. Mm -hmm. And on that new moon that we just had, we don't see nothing at all, but we have to shine. Yeah. And it's a reminder for us to keep shining, illuminating those parts of ourselves that maybe we don't notice when we're being a little bit extra with our tonality. And it's easy to do, especially if you're falling into a pattern with somebody where you've been that way before. Uh huh. Or if they're really close to you, it's easy for us to forget that they're by your side by choice that's right very important to remember even though family isn't something that you choose the fact that they're still in your life is a choice yep and vice versa Mm -hmm. and alternatively to that if you're listening to this and you're thinking look my family's not in my life at all is this a sign to reconnect sure maybe also maybe not maybe it's a time to reconnect with the soul family that isn't blood yeah and that's such a beautiful gift to have your soul family there to hold you in ways that your actual family a lot of times can't. Exactly. And after we have the full moon in Aries on Friday, the 22nd, my mom's birthday. See, she is right on the cusp. <laughs> the sun enters Scorpio and Scorpio season has arrived. And as the sun shines upon our scorpion folks, we are reminded that looking into a body of water often produces a reflection Mm. of self, but never reveals the full contents beneath it. Scorpio is the detective, the psychic, and the alchemist. 
ruling the eighth house of sex and death, the occult and shared resources. Scorpio isn't here to apologize for the depth of its waters and others inability to explore it all. Not everything is meant to be explored in the physical. Some things are meant only to be explored in the spiritual and emotional realms. Scorpio is ruled by the action planet Mars in traditional astrology and power player Pluto in modern astrology. The penetrative ability of Scorpio is fed by these planetary rulers. Scorpio wants to uncover what is hidden and dissect the reasoning behind it having been hidden. I'm talking about you billionaires with your money out in what the in what's the start of the P? Panama. Out in Panama, okay? I mean, I can't even remember why I'm angry about this, but I didn't forget, okay? Like, that did happen. We're talking about you guys, okay? There is no fooling Scorpio, at least not for long, as they tend to see through layers of truth some of us spend our whole lifetime unaware of. On the light side, we can settle in Scorpio season as a time of unveiling truth. And on the dark side, we are reminded that not everything is worthy of a full-blown investigation. Mm. And the resources that it takes to actually have a full investigation. This Scorpio season, I'm hoping to lean into the deep devotion that Scorpio represents while releasing the shadow sides of possession or overprotection that can sometimes emerge from the desire to know it all. Yeah, Venus and Scorpio. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) The sun is highlighting that for me. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to get ready. (laughs) I'm glad that you're choosing devotion. I try to choose devotion as often as I can, but I'm not always successful in that. An ocean of devotion brings us closer to ourselves. An ocean of dev, a dev ocean. (laughs) I love dev. If you know dev the singer, then you know what I'm talking about. Oceans of love. Ocean eyes, Billie Eilish. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) How do you see Scorpio season in relation to these cards? For me... I feel like it's the world energy, 100%. Mm, For me, I feel like it's the moon. Mm. But it's like that little crab of the moon or lobster. Because what is a scorpion if not a land lobster? Ooh, yeah. It's like a death lobster. I'm into it. A poison (laughs) lobster. You know, I've never actually seen a a scorpion in real life. Uh, Ever. Have you? I have. I've actually eaten one. Whoa. What? How does... What? How does that taste? It, it kind of tastes like crab. Oh, <laughs> interesting. Like same kind of texture. Hmm. Yeah, I know. It's gross. Go figure. Hello, Cambodia. <laughs> Is that where you <laughs> ate it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. And that leads us to our final transit where we're going to have Mars entering fixed water sign Scorpio on Saturday the 30th. And Mars is at home here. This is willpower that feeds off of passion, truth-seeking, and a strong desire to fully understand the why behind any and every action taken. Folks with Mars and Scorpio can be a bit intense, and on the shadow side, they are also capable of coming off as ruthless. They hold an immense amount of personal power, and they aren't afraid to ask for what they want and need or demand it if they must. Mars is also at home in Aries, so it's good to mention the differences here. Mars in Aries gets fired up, but may not know the deeper why or even be looking for it behind their motivations to take action. Whereas Mars in Scorpio is going to feel out whether or not to take the action and is also going to make 
their moves in a much more sleuth-like way. Where Mars and Aries doesn't give a fuck if they make a loud entrance to go after what they want, Mars and Scorpio is more like a ninja. They will go after what they want, but you may or may not even notice that they've done that. My best advice for this transit is to allow your mind to think through the effects and motivations of your actions before initiating those actions. Mm. Pull tarot cards every day. Play with a pendulum. Ask a lot of questions and practice active listening. You can still knock out your to-do list while being quiet and contemplative, just as you can when you're being loud and thoughtless. Mars and Scorpio wants us all to sit with the stories we keep deep within that paint our perception of the world and ultimately drive our actions and choices and motivations. This feels pretty seven of cups to me, but mm-hmm. what are you thinking, Uni? I was thinking the same thing plus the two of cups when you said um, that last sentence you said was totally that. Mm, yeah. Sitting with the stories that are painting our perception of ourselves and of others. Yeah. And that's, that's the liquid, the dark liquid inside of that cup. It is our perception of ourselves and how it is affecting that relationship to other like shoo, girl that's magic it is it is and you're magic and i'm magic and everybody listening to this episode is magic and damn we need to be reminded of that yeah and a lot of that also like just brings all that vulnerability of how sometimes like we do so much and like we just want to be validated we want like people to see what we are seeing in the mirror and how do we keep that alive for ourselves it's almost like that little ember within how do we stoke it back into a fire so that when we're out in the world we are shiny illuminating vessels of light absolutely and mars and scorpio like folks who have that natal placement they don't get enough validation for the movements that they're making and the end result of those things because often those people are crushing things that you really aren't seeing in front of you they just got it done In the background, you went to go refill your coffee and you come back and it's done. And it's so easy to take something like that for granted when that person repeatedly does that. So even though other people don't do that or we don't expect that of them, it can be really easy to forget to say, hey, I see you. Thank you so much for showing up. Thank you for doing the work. Thank you for having my back. Mm, Gratitude journal. Definitely another way to work with the energy of Mars and Scorpio. Mm. Write about those feelings that are motivating you. Because a lot of our motivations, they are fed by feelings. I don't think for everybody, but I do think folks that are emotional authority, human design like myself, or have a, a moon sign that is in water, or have a sun sign that's in a water sign, like your motivations often are fed by feelings. And obviously, if you have Mars in a water sign, that's also going to apply to you. Mm-hmm. One, it also makes me think sometimes uh, our impulses that we kind of like naturally gravitate towards have an underlying emotional underbelly that needs to be looked at and explored. Yes. And even if the emotion itself is positive and not bad, it's still worthwhile to investigate that. And that is what Scorpio wants to do. It's Scorpio season now. Investigate it. Yeah, go explore. It's an internal exploration. Absolutely. And our last thing, which is not a transit, is just mentioning that, of course, we have Halloween, Samhain, Dia de los Muertos, 
to me, that's like the exact initiation of fall because that's like where the sun piece is now officially gone. Maybe because up here we changed the clocks like the next day. <laughs> yeah, I think it's like a week later into November that the clocks will change. That's when darkness comes home. <laughs> <laughs> so we're welcoming in the darkness on the last day of the month, the 31st. Welcoming our ancestors coming back home to our altars so that we can feed them and really honor their legacy and the wonderful work that they've done being there for us in ways seen and in ways super unseen because they are the hands that are working behind the scenes to make it happen for us. So let's honor them. Let's welcome them back home because they're here they're always here we're surrounded by spirits at all times and it's like how do we create the environment for them to interact with us to be our helpers to be our guides to hold space for and with us and i think a really good way to do just that even if you don't feel connected to your ancestors like i personally don't have a really strong connection to my ancestry however the threes in tarot those are all cards that can help you with connecting to ancestors or spirit guides. The one that comes to mind for me, obviously we pulled three of pentacles, so that's one, but three of cups. Mm -hmm. I do think that that is a really powerful card for connecting with spirits and ancestors. And so if you're like me or if you're like uni and you have a pretty strong connection, regardless, I think that there is a benefit to working with the threes in tarot around this time and then pulling out cards that are maybe a little scarier, right? Like pull out the death card, <laughs> have it out on your altar. See how that feels for the day. Or the judgment card too. Mm, yes. Let yourself be reborn as other parts of you die. Yeah. And just seeing how like they're coming up from the depths of the dark to have their arms wide open to welcome the call. Welcome the call. Mm. Did pull the judgment card on the last episode. Hey. So it is still here with us and we are still integrating that energy. And that is really all that we've got for you guys this time around. It was a little bit of a longer episode, but this one felt really, really good. Yeah. And it was just like very, very much flow. So hopefully you guys enjoyed it and really just like we're here for you. And what better episode to be the long one, if not like the Halloween season one? Absolutely. And speaking of Halloween, I am indeed going to be doing a giveaway during the month of October before Halloween arrives. Hopefully we'll see if I don't have my shit together. Maybe it'll happen on <laughs> Halloween. We'll see. But also I'm going to be doing that collaboration with Haley at Alchemy and Archetype. So just wanted to mention that again, she is just a really phenomenal person and a very talented tarot reader as well as a tarot teacher. So I can't recommend checking that out any more than how i'm recommending it now <laughs> <laughs> uh and that being said uh until next time signing out <laughs> yes we'll catch you in the next episode thank you so much for listening and have a spooky halloween oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's good that was great that was fucking, we fucking smashed it that turned out really 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 good and the flow was good solid um, we had electricity. <laughs> like right when we got here. That was amazing. So 